0: WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh.
1: I heard some gas station guy on the B team today talking about how terrible it is that the people of Cleveland are defending Miles Garrett, and I'm thinking, what a Nimrod. Not Garrett, I mean the gas station geek. Garrett's a good player, and he plays for their team. Of course Cleveland fans are going to defend him and not want him to be suspended and say frig Mason Rudolph and all that. Cleveland isn't the moral high ground on a good day, and they're certainly not going to make an exception when their superstar defensive end gets suspended. Pittsburgh is no better. Pittsburgh always defended James Harrison. Harrison hit a woman. Pittsburgh ignored that. Harrison committed every crime possible on a football field. Late hits. High hits. Malicious hits. Helmet-to-helmet hits. Hits on defenseless opponents. Harrison didn't swing a helmet. Everything but. Harrison did hurt people. Garrett didn't hurt Rudolph. But Pittsburgh defended Harrison no matter what, and that's okay. I got no problem. That's what you're supposed to do when he's your guy, when he plays for your team. That's the hometown discount. So let's not act like Cleveland shouldn't defend Miles Garrett. Of course they should. That's just being a fan. Being a fan is about passion and loyalty, not always parroting what somebody else says is the right thing. Cleveland's defending Garrett Just like Pittsburgh always defended Jimmy Harrison. And let's not act like Garrett crippled Rudolph. Rudolph's okay. It can't be murder unless the guy dies. Captain Nemo, brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956 I want your thoughts on that Pittsburgh defending Harrison and now Cleveland defending Garrett I see nothing wrong with either it's just being a fan half of Pittsburgh even defended James Harrison after he screwed the Steelers and went to New England that should have been much more offensive to Steeler fans than Garrett giving Rudolph the El Caban with the helmet should have been to Cleveland fans it's not like Garrett walloped Baker Mayfield. That would have been Brian on Brian crime. I would have liked it. Cleveland fans would not. And I got to keep emphasizing. Rudolph didn't get hurt, and he looked like a punk throughout the whole ordeal. So, while I content, condemn Garrett's action, Rudolph wasn't exactly covered in glory. Well, I think Garrett's suspension is the right call and should be upheld, Rudolph just kept making dumb faces and tumbled around the ground several times and just looked like a victim, and not a sympathetic one either. It's like the headline said at the Onion website, and I quote, NFL rescinds Miles Garrett's suspension after review footage clearly shows Mason Rudolph's punchable effing face. I don't agree with that. But I wish I'd wrote it, because it's pretty friggin' funny. 412 is the number to call. I still can't believe AB apologized to Robert Kraft on Twitter for creating turmoil. AB must need money, must need a job. Although then again, the tweet before, he talked about fueling up the private jet. This goes for anybody, unless you're the multi-multi-multi-multi-multi-multi-multi-billionaire. If you don't have a job, you have to minimize the trips on the private jet. I made fun of Steeler fans being enthusiastic about the Steelers bringing back Tuzar Skipper, the linebacker. Oh, he had five sacks in the preseason, two forced fumbles. Great training camp. Undrafted rookie, what a story. Yeah, a story in the preseason. This ain't the preseason. I don't care if they signed the guy. I don't know if it's practice squad or whatever. But my God, he's not going to come in to make a difference. Unless they switch him to wide receiver. If that's the case, how much worse? Could he be? Oh, look at Mario on TV. Mario's on TV uh, at last night's Hall of Fame thing. That's on the NHL Network. Uh, King Blogger said today on Twitter that Mario's still a rock star, and he really is indeed that. He's aging gracefully, which is more than I can say, and for that matter, Tom McMillan, who shares a birthday with Mario, although Tom was born several years, maybe even a decade or two earlier. 412-333-9939. Let's go to uh, Ed in the car. Ed, you're talking to Bart. Ed, are you there? Hello, Ed. Ed, if you can hear me speak. I guess Ed chumped out. Let's go to Tony in Penn Hills. Tony, you're on with Mark. Mark, I'd like to talk about
2: the Rudolph thing. Um, I just think it's ridiculous that... um,
1: how everybody's talking you know that was an assault anybody else would have been arrested for something like that
0: you okay got, he, he guy, wasn't he, arrested
1: well he just had a concussion you agreed the other day to let the nfl handle it yes of know, course. that was a, well that was a crime all right well, the okay just the, had a concussion. The, Get the, police, the police apparently don't agree with you nobody's been arrested nobody will be so it's not a crime but he He still got hit in the head after having a concussion. Heard you the first time. Saw the video. It's not a crime. Nobody got arrested. So what's your point? You're like a – you know what I mean? You're like – you think you're Nostradamus
2: of football. No,
1: no, Notre Dame. What's your point? I mean, all you've done is practically cry. You're, You're ready to weep. Okay, hang up. I mean, the guy didn't make a point. Everybody knows that what Garrett did was wrong. And dangerous, and he got suspended. I don't know what else you want. See, here's how I've always been with suspensions. I, I talked about the first part a bit earlier. The first part is, I don't know why they review suspensions. I don't know what could be said that changes what we saw live Thursday night, what we've seen on video in countless replays of what Garrett did to Rudolph. I don't understand appeals when we already know what happened. The second thing is, once the punishment comes down, you serve the punishment, and that's it. What's the point of rehashing it and crying about it? If Garrett gets suspended for the rest of the season plus playoffs, and that's smooth because the Bronze won't make the playoffs, but if Garrett serves that time, then that's it. Let him come back and play. That's what's been determined. That's how it should play out. I don't understand the hand-wringing and crying over what seems to be, by acclamation, fair and reasonable punishment. I mean, why would you, and most Pittsburgh fans do agree with the punishment to Garrett, why would you agree with the punishment and then still keep whining about it? Again, Rudolph didn't get hurt. Maybe his feelings got hurt the poor precious flower but he got hit with the soft part of the helmet that's not excusing Garrett but, but that is what happened and him not being hurt is a part of this let's go to Andrew in New York Andrew you're on with double M your point about uh James Harrison is so dead on and I mean it, this, this whole thing it's just people want to just uh, self-righteous indignation People want to be offended People on Twitter, they want to have moral outrage It's just it's uh, Millennial crap again Yeah It, it is I, I mean, everybody agrees the suspension's the right call Okay, so let it go Let's look forward to the Cincinnati game I mean, I don't understand I wish Steeler fans out there would call me now And tell me What additional You would like to see done we saw what Garrett did. He's suspended for the balance of the season. What else should happen? Tell me, anybody, 412-333-WXDX. One more quick call. Let's go to Sam in Washington. Sam, you're talking to Mark. Hey, Mark.
2: So I'm, I'm with you. I'm tired of hearing about the incident with Miles here. It is when the suspensions have been handed out. It's over. Now, I want to know why going in
1: against Cincinnati, who is arguably one of the worst teams in the league right now, They're not starting Duck. Because he He, stinks. Yeah, but you feel
0: his confidence on his
1: last game. he went against this team. He stinks. He's an undrafted free agent from some small college who got babysat through a win against a bad team. He stinks. As bad as Rudolph has looked, he's looked better than Hodges. Duck stinks. If he didn't have a cool nickname, well, what passes for cool in this hick town, then you wouldn't even say a word on his behalf. He stinks, and you stink because you don't understand that he stinks. Thank you for the call. We got John on hold. We got a Yinzer on hold. I'm sure we have more than one of those on hold. And we got Stan at the bottom of the hour. It's the Mark Madden Show 105.9.
0: This is Jake Enzo of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden in the Best Hockey Talk on 105.9 The X.
1: Double M on the X. I am all the way live. At Cambria Hotel, Pittsburgh downtown, right by PPG Paints Arena. We got the Penguins and Islanders tonight. We got Stan Sever on this program at the bottom of the hour. Uh, let's go to Ryan in the car. Ryan, you're on with Double M. Hey, what's up, Mark? What up? What's up, Mark?
2: Hey, uh, enough with Garrett and Rudolph. Let's move on to Cincinnati. Just a shame Burpick isn't there. Maybe give us something else to talk about.
1: Well, it's awful tough to preview the Cincinnati game. When they stink and the Steelers are missing a ton of starters, especially on offense, Uh, you got Ponce suspended. you got Juju Smith-Moncrief is hurt, and uh, James Conner and Deontay Johnson. So it could be a real stinker of a game, but as long as the Steelers win, uh, that's okay. It can be a stinker. Works for me. Go Penns. Let's go to Logan in Wheeling. Logan, you're on with the super genius.
2: Hey, um, your thoughts on Skipper. Yeah, I do agree with you that um, he wasn't—he he sucks. I mean, it's only preseason. I mean, they play all the
1: backups in preseason. Um, but he reminds me, if, they, if he was going to give him a, a longer, you know, try him out a little bit longer, I, I would have liked that. But he reminds me of Harrison in some way because Harrison got cut multiple times before he got his staple in the NFL. Yeah, he ain't Harrison. So, and... Anything else? Well, no, I, I, I don't agree. Go really. Good, see you, you know, later. Just... Skipper reminds me of Harrison. Boy, it's hard to tell that guy's from Wheeling, from Hillbillyville. Skipper reminds me of Harrison. O-M-F-G. Skipper reminds me of Harrison. Let's go to John in Bridgeville. John, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. Hey, that video that, could, that video of uh, Mr. Uh, Mason, you guys didn't see the other angle of it where you were at the Golden Corral knocking off all the
1: buffets. Yep, I'm a fat guy, but Mason Rudolph sucks. The Steelers are fading like a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox. And when they don't make the playoffs, just like I told you they wouldn't when Ben got hurt, because no Ben, no chance. When that happens, I will celebrate at Golden Corral. Maybe on the night they have steak and shrimp. That sounds like the time to go there. And you'll be sitting in your own urine, pissing yourself because your heroic football team couldn't get the job done without the quarterback you've turned on despite him delivering two Super Bowls to this crap hole, and I'll be at Golden Corral. And you know how much I'll pay at Golden Corral? Nothing, because I'm a big celebrity, and they'll see me and offer to give me anything I want for free. That's pretty much the way the Steelers season is going to go from here. Let's go to Bob and White Oak. Bob, you're on with Double F.
2: Good day, sir.
1: I said good day.
2: I love that. Uh, I have a comment and a quick question. Um, I am with you. I agree with you that uh, the melee, the incident is over. We should all move on. Suspensions are handed out. That's fine and dandy. Let's move on to the next Yeah, that,
1: That's the weird part about this, Bob. I don't know yeah. anybody that disagrees with the suspensions. I don't even know many right. Pittsburgh people who disagree with the suspension for Ponzi. Could have been two games. Right. I bet it is two games by the time the appeal process is over. But everybody pretty much thinks that Goodell got it right, but they're still complaining. And I have no idea why or what they want.
2: I think their feelings are hurt on that. Um, But my question is, uh, there was some talk about free agency with all the receivers that are down. Um, My question to you is, do you see anybody then picking up anybody? Is there anybody you like? Um, Well, Terrell
1: Pryor, uh, ex of Jeanette, High school, he, he kind of lobbied to get picked up by the Steelers. And i got to be honest, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of recycling guys who haven't been in the league all year. But if it came down to playing Terrell Pryor or Johnny Horton, I'd rather see Terrell Pryor in there. How about you?
2: Okay, that sounds good to me. Thank you for the call.
1: But they're not going to do that. Let's go to Steve in Bethel Park. Steve, you're on with Mark. Hey Mark, I was watching the uh
2: a lot of the Sunday morning shows and a lot of the NFL players were s- sort of defending uh Garrett's actions and you know, throwing a lot of blame on uh Rudolph and nobody has brought up this question, but if
1: that would have been Lamar Jackson it happened to and a white player would have hit him, you think yeah, they would have reacted the same. Goodbye. Reacting, goodbye. So. goodbye. Goodbye. Anytime somebody swings a helmet at a player, The reaction is going to be incredulous, and the punishment will be severe and swift, just like it was. There are a lot of things we can bring the race card into, whether it's Kaepernick or whatever, but uh, again, I so rarely have no problem with how the NFL handles stuff. In this case, I have no problem with how the NFL handled this. Now, by the way, I revised my thinking. I just told the guy who so helpfully pointed out that I'm fat that when the Steelers disappoint all of you by not making the playoffs, that I will celebrate at Golden Corral, and they won't make me pay. I've changed my mind. I will celebrate by going to Vegas and going to the best buffet in the world at Caesars, and they won't make me pay either because I'm a big money hustler. Think about that the next time you go lead your drab, dreary, meager little lives. That nobody cares about. And think of that when the Steelers don't make the playoffs. Think of me when the Steelers (laughs) don't make the playoffs. No Ben? No chance? Told you so. Up next, the great Stan Saverin, 105.9. This is Evgeny Malkin, and you are listening to Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. Uh, Thank you, Gino. Joining me now, he is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. He's brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich & Fishman. It's always an honor to talk to the great Stan Saverin. Stan, let's talk Steelers first. They got a lot of injuries. Ponzi suspended. Rudolph is playing poorly. Could the Steelers lose to Cincinnati this Sunday? i got to admit, I don't think so, but I find myself wondering.
2: Well, it's first, uh, after the Cleveland game, it's worth wondering, although after the Ram game, you probably wouldn't have entertained that possibility. Um I think it really not only is a matter of what talent is available, it's about their mindset. How do they react to a really horrible performance against Cleveland? You knew they were going to lose a game. They weren't going to go 12-4. and You knew they are going to lose probably two more from that point. And just a matter of to whom and when. Uh, So they're going to have to rebound at some point. I suppose this is the best place to do it. Um, They have less of an opportunity to do uh, because of the injuries offensively. But defensively, again, you can't always count on your defense to score points, give you takeaways, but against that team, that defense ought to rebound and be dominant enough to get them to win.
1: What's your take on what happened at the end of last Thursday's game, and were the correct punishments handed down?
2: I think there were. Uh, I think the one thing about the Garrett suspension, it wasn't only what they did, it's how quickly they did it. Uh, if they would have lingered on for two, three days deciding, well, we're going um, to, I honestly think that that would have defeated whatever suspension they gave Garrett. Uh, to me, the most significant thing was they did it in 12 hours. Uh, it was less than 12 hours. Uh, and that talked about the severity of his indiscretion and why I don't think he's got a snowball's chance in hell of them reducing it tomorrow. I mean, I just don't think they can reverse when they came out so strongly. Uh, as far as the other one's concerned, I mean, I think Pouncey deserved a suspension. Uh, I think if he would have just punched, I think he might have gotten the game, maybe. It would have been more in line with what Joby got. But when he kicked somebody that's what got him the three games. I thought that was excessive. But, you know, Mark, if you look over the history of NFL suspensions, they always kind of give suspensions with the idea that there'll be an appeal and it'll be reduced. So I fully expect Pouncey to get knocked down to two. I think what they wanted to do was make sure he wasn't there for the Cleveland return match. My question would be, is Ogunjobi was every bit as bad as Pouncey? He gets one game, so no matter what they do, whether they honor suspension or not, he will be there for the Cleveland game, and I don't think that's equitable.
1: Let me play devil's advocate, uh, not for Miles Garrett necessarily, because he got what he deserved, but didn't Rudolph start and prolong the fight? And didn't James Harrison used to do stuff that actually hurt people? I mean, he did.
2: Um, And he did things that were considered illegal within the context and the framework of how he played football. Uh, I found it inexcusable because he was doing it, Harrison was, just to defy the newly instituted rule at that point, I guess in 2012 it would have been, or 2013, that you can't hit with your helmet and he just wanted to show, I don't follow anybody's rules. But this was beyond the pale. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, at least not in the NFL, uh, and I think there's a distinct difference. Uh, uh, as far as Rudolph's concerned, as I remember the play, uh, it was Garrett who was on top of Rudolph and wouldn't let him up, and so a scuffle uh, ensued. It was Garrett uh, who... And I think, initiated the scuffle, and Rudolph was really struggling to get out from underneath, and when he finally did, then it continued. I mean, I, do, I think certainly Rudolph is fine-worthy. Anybody who was engaged in anything other than peacemaking should at least get fined, and I do think that being fair about it, that Mason Rudolph should get fined, but I don't think that anything he did was a suspendable offense.
1: The Steelers didn't get any takeaways on defense in Cleveland. Why was that? Did Baker Mayfield take care of the ball? Was it coincidence? Because that really hurt the Steelers' cost Dan.
2: Well, I really think that part of the issue was that they didn't generate the kind of pass rush that they're used to generating. Um, they only had the one sack that came after they had scored the two touchdowns. I mean, they did force him out of the pocket a little bit, uh, but I think that their secondary got exposed a little bit. They looked a little bit confused, certainly on the touchdown pass to Jarvis Landry, um, and here was Mayfield leading the AFC in interceptions. So I think part of it was they didn't generate the kind of pass rush they wanted to. Maybe that's because, as we talked, I was really concerned about Nick Chubb. They did a good job against him. Maybe in making sure they stopped the run, which they did, they sacrificed a little bit of pass rush. I'm not sure the reason why, uh, but I think part of it was that they did not generate the pass rush that they're used to doing. And conversely, um, up until last week, Mason Rudolph, uh, very conservative, certainly, about 11 touchdowns, only four interceptions. But when he got behind, um, his pass protection wasn't very good. Let's be honest. The Steeler offensive line got bullied. They got pushed around uh, and, and didn't afford him the kind of protection, at least that he's used to getting. And I think that, for a reason, and his own um, poor throws and his own impatience cost him the interceptions.
1: We're talking to Stan Saverin, the godfather, here on the Mark Madden Show. Uh, once you're over under on points, the Steelers' offense can score Sunday at Cincinnati. Uh, with all the injuries, it, it's going to be tough, and they were lucky to get seven at Cleveland. Are we talking just the offense of the team? Uh, well, the offense, I don't know, it's kind of a hokey question. Let's not count defensive touchdowns. Let's not count short fields.
2: Um, based on their performance thus far, they scored one offensive touchdown in each of the last three games. So even against Cincinnati, I mean, two might be a stretch. I mean, I, I would think 13, 16 points um, with nine of them coming on field goals even against the Bengals' defense, uh, until, they, until they prove otherwise, uh, and especially because they're not going to have their top receiver, or at least the guy rated their number one receiver. They may not have the top two. Um, whatever running back they play is um, marginal at best, although I think Snell's return could help. Um, I, you know, I, I, just, I just don't see that they have the weapons, not to mention the quarterback, to score more than a couple touchdowns.
1: Let's talk some hockey, Stan. The Penguins host the Islanders tonight. The Islanders are having a great season, but the Penguins are playing some great hockey and probably could have a better record. I haven't seen a Penguins team this structured in years.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, in large respect, they remind me of what we began to see in the second half of '16. Uh, you know, that team played very structured. They had, you know, great speed. Um, you know, had great goaltending, uh, but. In, even then, you know, there was more room for individual forays. This team has really never strayed from that, uh, Mo, maybe a time or two. Um, and they've done a lot of this without really much production at all from the power play. But while it's true that by definition you have to outscore your opponent, that doesn't mean you have to only score more goals. You can achieve that by allowing fewer. Uh, and, and I think their defense, I think that the penalty kill is a big factor here and maybe they're playing lower-scoring games, but that should translate into wins. I mean, at some point, you, can, you have to stop saying, well, we're really playing well and turn around because the mathematical reality sets in. But I think in terms of their style of play, this is exactly the way Sullivan wants to play, and we all know they're not playing with a full deck.
1: Let, let's talk about that PK. The Penguins having a lot of power play goal with nine games. And they've allowed only five power play goals on the season and scored four shorthanded goals, which means they're only minus one on the PK after 20 games. That's amazing, Stan. What, what's that testament to? I think,
2: number one, Mark, it's a testament that they're not taking nearly as many penalties as they once did. That's, that's number one. Uh, I think the Penguins um, have spent the second fewest amount of times on special teams. They're not drawing a whole lot of penalties, and they're not having a lot of power play opportunities. But maybe more importantly, they're not having to kill a lot of penalties. And the ones that they do, um, they're, they're killing, uh, you know, remarkably well. I think the biggest thing is, you know, we talk about team speed, and we generally, and I'll include myself certainly, think of speed as like Carl Haglin end to end speed, Michael Grabner end to end speed, but. Uh, well, that's value in penalty killing. To me, it's more quickness. It's the first couple steps to be quicker to the puck for retrieval, um, getting clears, getting to loose pucks, or, or you know, putting pressure on a point man. And I think in general they are a faster team. They're the I think faster than they've been since 16. I don't think that even the 17 team was this quick. But I think quick is the key word. I think they're much quicker uh, to the puck and therefore getting to loose pucks, they're able to clear
1: i got to mention another stat regarding the penalty stand, and I agree the Penguins are taking less penalties and playing smarter in that regard. Gino always takes those dumb penalties, and he's led the team in penalty minutes for, I want to say, the past three years. He only has one minor penalty to date. That speaks very well of him trying to, I don't want to say change his game, but maybe be a bit smarter out there.
2: I agree. Uh, I think it's evident. I mean, he said that he was – uh, well, aware of his deficiencies last year. That included stupid penalties, stupid passes, uh, you know, not coming back hard to help defend in his own zone. Um, from the very game, the worst game they've played all year, basically, uh, in the opener against Buffalo, um, he was very, very engaged. And he's been that way since he's come back. And I do, he's, look, he's, he's always elevated his game when Sid's been out. But that doesn't necessarily mean only offensively. You mentioned, you know, they scored nine goals and Sid has been out. Seven different players. Geno won, but six others. So it's more than just a one-man uh, one game. But I, I think he showed his energy, not just in point scoring, but also playing the kind of game that Mike Sullivan wants everyone to play, but especially him.
1: Is it fair to think he can carry the team with Sid out at age 33? Uh I'm not conning it out. I'm not assuming it'll happen either.
2: I don't think it'll happen unless the power play gets better, and whether that means he scores or somebody else scores. Uh, you know, God forbid Galchenyuk would score. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I really think it's, it's um, no, not one man, but you've seen what his line can do. I mean, that line's been very productive, and I don't know, nobody hands out MVP awards um, before Thanksgiving. But if if you wanted to point out to me an offensive MVP, my nominee would be Brian Rust. The guy does something every single game to help win a game. I mean, I realize Gensel leads the team in goals, but Brian Ross is averaging more than a point per game. Uh, and, and his offense, along with Gensel and Malkin, I mean, that line right there, it's not just Geno, it's the entire line. That's, I think, uh, what will help elevate and compensate for the loss of Crosby.
1: Stan, during the sports talk show, I am obligated legally to ask you about the Kaepernick workout. Uh, I saw nothing there that helped... Or distinguished Kaepernick, the Kunta Kinte shirt and the promo after the workout was done were ridiculous. And I agree with Stephen A. Smith. He doesn't want to play, he wants to maximize his martyrdom.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he does or he doesn't, but if he does, um, he was more about furthering his agenda. And by the way, um, initially, I agreed with his agenda. I understand what he was trying to convey. His problem was he chose the wrong way to express it, and that drowned out a very legitimate message. And from that point on, he did some things that totally obliterated, not just disguised and camouflaged his you know, meaningful message, but he did his best to sabotage his own message, and he did it again when he had his workout. Uh, you know, his statement afterwards, you know, moving it from one place to the other, I think he, he, was, more, he was more intent on trying to embarrass the NFL. Uh, than he was about showing he could still play in the league. He can still play in the league. I mean, I see backup quarterbacks out there every week who aren't as good as he is, but I don't think that's his message. I don't think that's his agenda. Uh, and and uh, if that indeed is his true agenda, is getting out his message, then he's doing a really bad job because he's not winning uh, over anybody who thinks opposite from him.
1: Stan, I'll go one step further. I don't want to see it happen, but there's no doubt in my mind that Colin Kaepernick could step in and do better than Mason Rudolph. I just don't want it to happen.
2: No, I mean, I think that's, that's fair. I think there are a lot of backup quarterbacks. I mean, you know, look what the Bengals are facing uh, on, on Sunday. I mean, I, I think that everybody agrees that while, you know, he's, he's not Dan Marino, the guy did take or uh, helped take a team to a Super Bowl, um, and he you knows as much about running as passing, but he was a competent quarterback. Uh, you know, you wouldn't choose him first in a fantasy draft, but you would say this guy belongs on an NFL roster. Um, uh, but, again, uh, I understand the message he wanted to get out. I think there are large parts of that that people should pay attention to. But he sabotaged his own message.
1: Stan, as always, wonderful stuff. We'll talk Thursday on your program. All right, Mark. Look forward to it. Thank you. That is Stan savin the godfather, brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich & Fishman. Why pay somebody else 40% when they only charge 25? Up next, we'll talk to Bob McLaughlin. I am live. And might I add, all. The Way Live at the Cambria Hotel, Pittsburgh downtown, right next to PPG Paints Arena. It's the Mark Madden Show on the Home of the Penguins, 105.9. 105.9. Stephen A. Smith may have had his finest hour today. Uh, he was being criticized for his take on Colin Kaepernick that he doesn't want to play. And he opened today's monologue by saying, I'm a black man, you idiots. So good for Stephen A. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to us by the Fox Bet app. Make the call. Download the app right now. Got to be 21 or over. Bob, what is your take on Mason Rudolph, the whole situation? Pittsburgh fans seem to feel like the right suspensions were handed down. I even see acceptance of the Ponzi suspension, although most people say And I agree, it should have been only two games. But why are people agreeing with the suspensions and yet being so outraged? Why the outrage? What else can be done? You think the right thing was done? Shouldn't everybody locally be calming down just a bit?
0: Well, Mark, of course I have to stand behind Mason Rudolph because I'm an Irish white guy, you idiots. Right? I mean, if we're going to go Stephen A. Smith there. Stephen A. would be proud, Bob. Exactly. No, I mean... There's a lot to what you say about, you know, you're going to stand up for your guy. Steeler fans are going to see it the Steelers' way. Browns fans are going to see it the Browns' way. But what's happening here, Mark, is... All you have to do now because of social media, because of mixed messages all over the place, all you have to do is pick an agenda, pick an argument that you want to be on the side of, go find it somewhere, retweet it, repost it, you know, yell it louder than anybody else, and and somebody's going to latch on to what you're saying or someone's going to feel like you're saying, and I think that's what we have here. You've got conflicting messages coming out of the Steelers fans. You've got people over in Cleveland. They've got a petition, for God's sake that says that they want to get Rudolph suspended now. So, of course, that builds up steam. People sign it. People agree with it. And yet over here, it's, well, Mason Rudolph didn't do anything wrong. He shouldn't be fined. He shouldn't be suspended. Now, somewhere in the middle, that's where the common sense is. That's where the truth lies. And, God, we can't leave it up to the NFL to figure that out, can we? But I was
1: shocked that the NFL acted quickly and decisively, and I feel got it totally right, although... I wish Ponce would have got two games. I would not have been outraged had Rudolph got one game for starting and prolonging. Now, I had a blog posted today, Bob, comparing the Browns fan support of Miles Garrett to the Steelers fan support of James Harrison in the past. And, uh, am I correct in saying that James Harrison did several things on the field that were more dangerous and more damaging than Miles Garrett swinging the
0: helmet? Or just as I mean I mean, just in that same vein, yeah, there were some there were some plays, and I agree. well,
1: Harrison Bob actually hurt people,
0: oh yeah, well, I agree with what Stan and you just talked about. I mean, there were times it seemed like he went in helmet first, he went in head first, just to prove a point that that 's how James Harrison wants to play football that 's how he thinks football should played, you know, he could care less, he got fined over a hundred thousand dollars, I think it was in. In 2010 or 2011, remember, he was on the cover of uh, Men's Health magazine. He had the ammo belts. He was holding the pistols. He talked about not pissing on Roger Goodell if he was on fire. You know, he said some other things in that article where it was just for him to be James Harrison, the mean guy, the tough guy, the guy that was going to play as he wanted. Remember, Mark, that Browns fan ran out on the field one time. Harrison actually went over and dumped the guy. Now, at the time, I thought it was hilarious. Did the guy deserve it? Yeah. But what if something would have happened there and hurt that guy? Nobody, I mean, no other player went after the guy because there's security to do that. Uh, James Harrison wanted to do it his way.
1: Right, and that's fine, and I thought it was kind of funny then, too, but uh, put everything in perspective, and James Harrison probably did more and with more intent to hurt people in his career than Miles Garrett has it his and we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that Rudolph was not hurt. That's Bob McGoughlin. He's brought to you by Fox Bet. Make the call. Download the app today. In just thirty seconds, I'm gonna talk about something that irritates the hell out of me when it comes to watching TV. Listen, I bet it irritates you too and you don't even know it. We want calls on well, whatever it is we're talking about all day, but hockey calls would be better because we got the hockey night show. From 5.30 till 6.00, let's set the table for that. Uh, Penguins are playing great. And I agree with what Stan said. You can't just say that forever while you underachieve in the points department. But the Penguins aren't underachieving by that much in the points department. They're the number one wild card. If they keep playing this way, I have no doubt they will reap greater reward. And then some players are going to start to come back. It looks like Cornquist 1st oh five nine 105.90X.